Real Men Feel with Andy Grant encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been told, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but all men can benefit from. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Now let's get to it. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. This episode is brought to you by mensgroup.com, the leader in online men's groups where you can connect with other men and be supported in whatever you are dealing with at this time. Uh, groups are curated, so you'll always be, be with guys that are going through similar challenges. Visit mensgroup.com slash RMF. You'll find some articles, resources, and an opportunity to try a men's group for free. You know, being part of a men's group, working with a coach, listening to Real Men Feel, uh, talking to your partner, your buddies, all of that involves some level of emotion. And many guys were raised to ignore their emotions or even gone so far to say that that feeling is somehow wrong for a man. I find even more people operate with the notion that emotions don't belong in business either. And today's show, we're going to really explore the emotional side of work, the value of having you know a strong emotional connection with, with customers, with clients, um, with or as a customer client, a strong emotional connection to the people you choose to work with too, Go, right? Goes both ways. So my guest today, very happy to hear, have here, is an online video storytelling expert and podcaster, Mr. Ian Garlick. Welcome to the show. Hi, Andy. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Love to be here and love to talk about emotions. I like making people cry. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've been accused of that often, so it's good to hear someone else say that. Good. good. Uh, no, it's funny you say that because like, I go and do a lot of customer stories and people are always back, come, like, I'm kind of known for like, you know, getting the motion out and people are like, did you make them cry? <laughs> so let's, let's start right there. Is, is that like a skill set you always had, no matter what sort of uh, career you're in, what work you're doing, are you, that connection and, and, and giving people that, that, that ease of, of expression? Um, I, yeah, I think I've always been kind of a good listener. People have, uh, and I'm, cause I'm interested. I'm genuinely interested. Um, and it's one of those things that I've definitely developed over the years. I remember the first time I saw Charlie Rose, which who's I know he's been through a lot of stuff, but I saw him interview for the first time and I'm like, I want to be that good because he's such a good interviewer. Um, but it's, it's listening, it's asking actual questions, not having a list of questions. And it's something I've developed over time and paying attention, but it's, it's, I think it's one of the most crucial skills out there, especially in marketing and business. Cool. And you've done a lot of work um, with leaders in personal development. So were you involved in personal development or did you come at it just from from uh, did you just happen to land there as kind of uh, your niche or your most used clients or how how what was your path? Um, Well, I you know, I I didn't get involved. That's an interesting question. So um, because my father was into like the personal development stuff. And so I always kind of knew of it. We'd listen to like Zig Ziglar sometimes in the car when I was, you know, he was driving me to school. Um, so we, we, he had the tapes and I always be like, what is this? So I've always been kind of into personal development on that side. And, and from a learning standpoint, I've always been a, a, a big learning nut. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I my favorite thing would be to go to the bookstore and buy some like nonfiction stuff and learn something new. So I, I guess I've always been into personal development and then, you know, got exposed to the really into that whole world and got to know people in it. And eventually they became clients uh, across the board on personal development side. 
you know, we don't, I work a lot with services, so lawyers, doctors, dentists, helping them tell their story. But the personal development side, I'm big into my own personal development. So I think it's also led me to get to know these people because then I, I kind of like pick up the phone. I'm like, hey, I'd love to talk to you. And I end up working with them. Cool. So good. You mentioned all these different businesses. So how, how can storytelling impact a business? You know, from a marketing standpoint, it's if you think about storytelling, especially because we're video storytelling, it triggers every part of the brain. People remember it. We buy one of my favorite lines came from Roy Disney Jr. at a, a shareholders meeting. And, you know, he stood up and he's like, and they were talking about branding, branding, branding. He's like, branding is for cattle, you know, and this is paraphrased, but branding is for cattle. People buy stories. Yeah. And that's coming from arguably the most recognizable brand in the world. And um, so, you know, it, storytelling it evokes emotion. It evokes uh, feeling from a science standpoint. You know, I, I have a podcast too, and I always go out to the, the best people. And there's this guy, Dr. Paul Zak. He's an amazing, uh, he met to this thing called neuroeconomics or discovered it. I don't know what you want to call it. But, you know, he showed actually the power of storytelling from a science standpoint and well-told stories, especially on video, um, evoke a chemical response. And that chemical response actually leads to higher empathy, increased cortisol and oxytocin levels. And that higher empathy leads to stronger decision making. But, you know, from a, you know, pure storytelling standpoint, we remember stories. We think in stories. When you buy something, you're thinking in stories. Um, so that's the, the, the profit side of it, right? Because people are going to remember you on the, the beneficial side. And this is something that's, you know, it seems like an ancillary, uh, ancillary, um, uh, uh, benefit, but I think it's one of the most powerful benefits is we uh, running a business, as you know, is tough. Anyone that tells you it's not tough is, has not run a business for a long time. It's one of those things where you're like, this is the best thing in the world. I want to quit and go work at Starbucks the next day, right? Uh, so we all get upset. Um, we all see different things. We all have different problems. But if you have really strong stories that you can remember of people that you helped, especially that's what I love about videos. If you have videos that you have of people that you've helped and they're telling their stories, not just saying how great you are, but telling their stories, that can get you through those tough days. That can keep you inspired, you know, because no, there's a point where you're just like, oh, I hit the million dollar mark. Next is $2 million mark. And you have that little bit of, oh, this is exciting. And now that's gone. You know, it's $10 million, $20 million. Where's enough? And, um, but when you have those stories of people you've helped, it makes it all worth it. And I think that's the most beneficial part of storytelling for business. Yeah. Cool. Yard. It gives you that, that fuel of your why when you're having those down times and, you, yep. you, you, you need your clients to remind you that, that you do something that's valuable, perhaps. Or. Oh, yeah, because we all have clients that tell us, you know, everyone, no matter how selective you are, is going to have a client telling you how bad something sucks mm -hmm. at one point. Or, and if you really care, like I care when a client tells me something's not working, I get upset. And, and I'm like, oh, what did we do wrong? What can I fix? How can I help you? And then, you know, and it sometimes ends up just being that person. That person's either having a bad day, a bad month, bad life. And they're taking it out on you. And these other stories can remind you that you do good work. I had a, uh, a manager tell me years ago, used this phrase that I had not heard uh, until then, that one of my talents was that I took psychological ownership over, over every task. 
And I was like, oh, is that, that's a good thing? All right. Cause I, that's why I'm driving myself nuts to get shit done. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, at least it's, at least it's appreciated to some level, but I had not heard that term. But is that, is that similar to what you're talking about? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's funny. I, I've never heard that, but I, you know, it's something I do. And I think a lot of entrepreneurship, um, you know, one of our clients and one people I work with and is met and one of my mentors is Gina Wickman. And, um, you know, he wrote EOS and some of the best books out there, but he wrote this book, Entrepreneurial Leap. And one of the number one qualities of entrepreneurship is that they take ownership of everything. And I think as, you know, it's a positive thing because we take ownership. We're like, that's my fault. I'm going to fix it. But on the other hand, you take ownership of things that really sometimes aren't your fault. Like Mm -hmm. that person had a bad day coming into the office and everyone was screaming and yelling at them. And then now they're taking it out on you and they found this one little thing that they're upset about and it's all your fault. And, but being an entrepreneur, you take that like you just said, psychological ownership of it and you put, you, we internalize it. And, you know, coming back to the feelings when you internalize stuff like that, it wears on you no matter how strong you are. Yeah. And that's something like I've, I've learned this and I've guided many clients through this idea of, of again, taking ownership, taking responsibility doesn't mean blame, right? Without taking ownership and responsibility, you can't change anything. But a lot of people, yep. we're, used, we're used to just blaming ourselves or judging. And we, it's, it's like taking only the negative aspect of, of ownership. Oh, yeah. It's so easy to do that. It's so easy. And once you go down that negative path, you keep going down it and going down it and going down it. And it just it's, and it's easy to get into that blame cycle. It's easy to get into that victim cycle. And I think we all do it. And we have to have a path out, especially as entrepreneurs, because it's lonely. It is a lonely, lonely thing to be an entrepreneur, no matter how many people are in your company, because you are, it's always coming back to you. And, and how is the pandemic impacting your business uh, in, in 2020 and, and the people that you're serving? Uh, well, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's been great. <laughs> That's great. I mean, it's good. Uh, uh, I mean, because it was everything that, Ten, so 10 years ago, when we really started the business, um, I saw video as transforming how we connect with our ideal clients and how we find people that we want to work with. And we can connect with them on a much better scale on a much bigger scale because we move from having this 30 second soundbite or this little clip of an ad that can, you know, and we think we're all fighting from the same person to be able to connect with the exact people we want. You know, fast forward 10 years, I'd been pushing video, 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 and I, I was looking, you know, three, four years out, everything's going to go video. But guess what happened is this just accelerated everything. You know, it, all of a sudden, my six-year-old son is a Zoom expert. He knows what breakout rooms are, whereas, you know, I would say 75% of the population had no idea what Zoom was in January of 2020. Yeah. As, as you help craft stories and, and get, get the people you work with to, to express themselves more freely and get some emotion. Do you find yourself uh, still learning from, from people as you pull stories out of them? Every single time, you know, and, and our process is designed around that because I, I learned early on that I could have 8,000 marketing meetings with you. And I see this problem all the time. Like, Hey, let's hop in a marketing meeting and you get in marketing speak. And it's like a five hour marketing meeting. Everyone's talking like their marketing ideas. And, and a, most people don't know what's really going to work in marketing. Even the best, um, the best marketers, I know the best ones. And they're like, I I know maybe 40% of the time, the right answer, but I know how to test it. Uh, But then I get in front of a client and interview them and 
every single time there's like a bunch of stuff that they've, you know, and we're having this conversation, there's stuff that they never, ever talked about in these marketing meetings that comes out and great stories and always something new. And then when you interview your customers, we all think we know what our customers want and they need, and we'll get testimonials from them. But if you spend time really interviewing your customers, having someone doing it, you are going to get the best stories. You're going to learn like keyword research. I had this happen with a client. We did days of keyword research, like literally someone was spending days on their keyword research, which is a lot of time. And, you know, they've been in business for 15, 20 years. And then we get in front of it. And I start interviewing the clients and like four or five keywords popped up constantly that these people start talking about that didn't show up anywhere. Mm-hmm. So from a technical standpoint, you find that, but then you also find those emotional triggers. Where did these people you know, where, where was the turning point for these people? We all think we know that stuff, but that's where you need to spend time getting those customer stories because it's, it's, it always, every single time, if it's, if it's interviewed, right, I find something out. Yeah. I get that. I mean, it, it's kind of the human side of technology yep. and the, the data, the flat data might show what people are searching for most, but when you actually talk to someone, it's something that they don't even port as as searching for it, but like that that lived experience and, and of them telling their story and being open and authentic and discovering you know even better keywords or or speaking their language or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, well, we have to get past the masks, right? Of I forget who talks about this, but you know we all put on this whole and like you you know you you know this. They talk about you know we have this facade as business owners of strength, or this is what people want to hear. If you ask someone for a testimonial, this is what people want to hear. But if you get past that, and you have to dig with the questions. You're going to find some really interesting stuff out that will transform your business, transform your life, and transform the way you feel. You know, any, anytime I'm talking to someone. Um, in business and about marketing, I always want to like, like, how do you define marketing? What, what does that even mean? That's a great question. That is an awesome question because I think most people define it the wrong way. Most people define marketing as advertising, which is a subset of marketing. Advertising is putting an ad out there, getting driving traffic, getting business. To me, marketing is just portraying the value of taking an action. And it, that is it is just instilling value of action. And so, you know, it it could be a business. Um, You know, right now I'm reading Jenna Fisher's book. uh, uh, I think it's called An Actor's Life. It's about how to be an actor. I don't want to be an actor. It's just one of those things I like to study different stuff. Hmm. And, you know, for for actors, auditioning is marketing, right? Hmm. There's no transaction there, but it is marketing. It's portraying the value of working with you. And that's the big key to understand marketing. When you make that shift, it's just portraying the value of taking the next action and next step that will transform your marketing because you won't be trying to sell everyone. You're just trying to help them realize what the next step is and what's the value of it to them. Cool. I like that. Yeah. I see a lot of people, especially a lot of entrepreneurs will get into something they're they're passionate, they're excited about it and the marketing might come easier, but then they think there's this hard shift into sales. And now, now I, I drop my story. I, you know, I close up and I'm like, Oh, now it's, you know, nine ninety five. click here now. And then, you know, they, they kind of freeze, they, they lose their, their humanity even is, is that something that you see? Oh, all the time, all the time. The second someone tries to be marketing, I, it, it, that happens. We're going to go for the sell. I got to go for the sell. But if you portray enough value of working with you, people want to give you, if you're an authority, they want to give you their money, right? They want to work with you. They will ask you 
what's the next step? I get that all the time from our clients. And then we help our clients get that. And they're like, man, I would just, you know, one of our clients just said to me the other day, he's like, people just, you know, I, I used to have to do this whole closing procedure and people hopped on the phone with me like, no, we watched all your videos. I'm just ready to work with you now. And it's like, how much is this going to be? And, and because they've portrayed so much value ahead of time that it's just, it's a logical next step. Yeah, it, it, it's really the, the idea of, of give away your best stuff and don't be afraid of, of don't hold things back and, and just have, have teasers per se because, you know, if it's people like, wow, if, if I'm getting this much value from this free video per se, let's say, you know, imagine if I, you know, buy the program, the course, whatever it else is there is that there must be even more value. Yeah, if you can give away the entire value of working with you in 20, 30 minutes, you need to work on what you're selling. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we talked um, about being on the show, you had mentioned the curse of the expert. So yes. could you define that for me? So there's, I think there's a lot of people that define that in different ways. I define the curse of the expert is you think that, well, A, there's a few different, uh, you know, first of all, you think that people are buying your quote unquote expertise, be you being the best. So you have to get marginally better. And then you try and sell that marginal betterness, right? You just learn this new coaching technique. I just learned these three questions that are going to transform your life. And, or, I just learned this new Facebook ads technique, or I just learned this new way to get ranking on YouTube. And that might get people's attention. But in the end, we need to sell the core transformation, right? And, and, and really talk to the person. A lot of times the, the things that we do that are the simplest uh, that we feel are the, you know, not the, the expertise are the things that people really buy. You know, those fundamentals that we are just really good at. But being an expert, you think people are buying your expertise, you try and sell that and you try and market that and you try and get complicated with it. Or you try and say, you know, I've got this degree and this degree and this degree and this degree and no one really cares. They care about the transformation that you're going to make for them. And if you focus on that, you are going to win. But we all, because to be an expert at something, you have to constantly improve yourself, but that's not what you need to sell. That's not what you need to market. You need to market the transformation. And that's where a lot of people in the curse of the expert forget. And they just want to show you how really good they are at stuff and, and, and wow you with jargon. Yeah. So almost that, that notion of expertise is that dangling carrot that they're always chasing, proving, proving it to themselves and thinking that will make a difference for others. Yeah, I see it. And, you know, it's from an emotional standpoint too, you know, and feeling what it, it's this really bad cycle I see in every service industry is that, hey, we're all going to get better. I see this in lawyers like, hey, I'm a better lawyer than that person. or I'm a better lawyer than that person. I'm a better lawyer. And, and like, oh, the, and that's what's going to make my business grow. I'm like, it's really, really not. It is how you portray and how you transform a person is going to make your business grow. And but what happens then? is they get critical, like lawyers get critical of other attorneys saying, I'm a bad lawyer. Or coaches say, that person's a bad coach. Or marketers say, that person's a bad marketer. Now, if they're not doing their job, yes, they are. But if they're actually getting results for a person, it, 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 it's not a bad thing. But then they'll go and comment and you know make nasty comments. I see this on Facebook. You know, I work helping coach videographers build a video business like we have. And I recently posted an ad and like, 
about, you know, you know, helping coach them build a business, which I've helped people do. Like, I don't claim to be the best filmmaker in the world, but immediately, you know, other filmmakers got on there and started going, well, your lighting technique is this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I wasn't, I'm not selling lighting techniques, <laughs> but by doing that, when we start to say I'm an expert and you start to criticize other people, you internalize that and it prevents your growth. Mm. So, and, and one, Michael Port, I, I think Michael Port was the one who told me this first time, you need to be a critic or a creator. You can't be both. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely my experience too. And it, it, it brings to my mind the notion of, of perfectionism and that a perfectionist isn't really a perfectionist. They see what's wrong. They, they're an imperfectionist. They're only seeing, nope, nope, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. And that energy, like that doesn't help a business grow or flourish or help you be authentic and uh, connect emotionally to your potential clients and customers either. Oh, 100%. I mean, let me show, I don't know. Let me get, if I get a t-shirt in here for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing it, but this is our this is our company slogan and it's version done is better than version none. Oh, yeah. And and that's exactly it. I mean, we didn't prep this ahead of time, folks, <laughs> but it, it's true. It's because it, it that perfectionism that I'm not a good enough expert. I've seen that stop so many businesses. Yeah. Like I've got to learn this one more thing to help people. And the the whole thing is just being even being marginally better than the person you're helping can will help them because you yeah. can help and it actually helps them more. Uh, but being too far ahead of them, you know, if if someone's starting a business right now, and you have not no experience in business, you going to work with Gary Vaynerchuk as your entrepreneur coach probably would be the worst thing possible for you because he's so far past you. He's not going to be able to help you. Right. So, you know, that's, it's an important thing to, to realize is that, yeah. yeah, that perfectionism is, is killing you. Yeah. Or it's like if, uh, if you're trying to build a website to launch your business and you're investigating getting meetings with, with venture capitalists, it's just, that's just such a farther leap. You're just, you're not there. And that if you have that meeting, you'd probably be all over your head and you just, they'd laugh you out and you'd feel down and probably wouldn't finish your website. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, oh, I see so many people waste. My two pet peeves is wasting time on website design and logos. Yeah. It's like, get it out there. You can change your logo a thousand times. No one's ever going to remember. Right. Yeah. Especially, I mean, it's, it's been true since the birth of the web, but no website is done. There's no. always going to be, and, and <laughs> you know, ideally, yeah, your logo doesn't change as often as your website content might or the, or the design and layout, but, but yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, you might get comments. Oh, I like that logo. And then they don't buy from you or they didn't even know you had a logo. Let's do business. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's the story behind that logo. And it comes back to the whole branding thing. People buy stories. It's the stories that, you know, when people go to Disney World, they're not buying. They might they associate the Mickey Mouse ears with the story of their the, the their youth and the youth that they're going to impart on their children. That's what that is. And it's connected to that. It's not because it's three perfect circles. Seeing things that that people put their time and energy in that doesn't work is is there is there one kind of buzzy marketing activity that everyone's flocking to right now that that you just see as you know not the best use of time? I mean, I think most marketing activities are are a decent use of time. I think almost everyone gets falls too far into lead generation and not enough time into customer nurturing and existing customer nurture and spending time with that. Um, you know, and I see people saying, oh, I want to make like from a video standpoint, I want to make these big, beautiful, epic videos. And I'm like, but it provides you can make I, I've seen so many beautiful videos 
that I'm like seven minutes in and I'm like, I have no idea what's happening here. And seven minutes on the internet is an eternity, Mm. an eternity. I I dare you to watch, you know, anything that doesn't have cats or pretty women in it for more than seven minutes on your YouTube. And, you know, and, and, and that's the thing I see happen the most is now with video, everyone's flocking to video, but they're not putting value into it. I think that's one of the big ones. Um, you know, I think that TikTok has its place and I think it is a place for people to be and it's a trend and yeah, you should do trends. Uh, uh, you know, I think people are killing LinkedIn right now, like not killing it with LinkedIn, killing LinkedIn oh. with, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because Microsoft's just laying whatever happened on there. I'm like, I am sick of these spam messages. Mm. Um, but, you know, it, it just comes back to that whole providing value thing. If you're providing value, you're going to win. Can, can there be value without emotion or just the emotion makes the value seem even stronger? No, there can't be um, emotion. A hundred percent cannot be value without emotion. Okay. There, there, there is always an, if, if you say there's value, if someone says there's value without emotion, they haven't dug deep enough. Hmm. There's always like, no one, no one really wants a big pile of money. They've associated that pile of money with some emotion out there. No one cares if their business is really cares if their business is a hundred million dollars that, you know, and they've associated that with an emotion. At hundred million dollars, I have some sense of self worth, or you know, Johnny on the um, from sixth grade is going to see me and be je- jealous, right? <laughs> That's, I mean, like some of the big names out there, they're just being driven by that emotion. What does work well if uh, if it's not quite LinkedIn and TikTok's good to be, but like if if some if there's a new online entrepreneur, um, how can they best make use of story? So, I mean, the, the number one thing is go help someone and get their story. And, you know, if you do that, if you develop enough customer stories, enough client stories, uh, you will win. And if you understand your customer story and how those stories associate it. So if you can imagine, oh, I, I, this is a tough thing. I don't know why it, people have it, but we do this thing called a storyboard blueprint. We work through a customer's journey but from their point of view, not like, here's my funnel, blah, blah, blah. They're going to opt in. They're going to get these emails. That's not their journey. That's your journey. So there, if you can understand their scenes and their storyboard and be able to put yourself inside of there and go, what is going on in their life right now? What is the story that they need to hear? And you develop that whole collection of stories then you will win. So if whatever you're selling, what is the point that they are looking for that transformation, that little bit of transformation? I mean, if you're selling hand soap, you know, what is that transformation that that hand soap is going to give them? And where is that transformation happening? You know, is it when they're out on a date and their date smells their hands and now it's like, oh, your hands smell COVID free? I don't know. But, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, understanding those moments and then understanding what's leading up to those moments and where that person is. Because then when you know that person, if you really know that person, you can then go, okay, what's around them right now? Like right now I have two desktop computers. I have my cell phone, but I'm not looking at my cell phone. What's happening at that moment. What's happening right after that moment. What are the devices they're using? What do I need to tell them? Now that's what's working Um, from a technical standpoint, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. YouTube is not going away. 
YouTube is going to become the next TV. It already has. I go to so many people's houses. The kids are watching YouTube on the TV. Uh, it is, it's owned by Google and it's the second most used search engine. It is still the biggest opportunity out there. And would someone best use utilize YouTube just by making lots of content? Should there be a strategy behind it? Or is it just throw everything at the wall and see what connects to people? <laughs> I mean, once again, provide value, especially if you get very, very pointed in that value. I, you know, because you, if you want to become a inf- YouTube influencer, that's a different strategy than if you want to drive business for your, your business using YouTube. Because I have clients that have literally have videos with 10, 15 views, but they've made $50,000 off that video because it answers a very specific question that only a person that has this very specific answer or question is going to ask that will then cost them a lot of money to fix that problem. Mm. So that's once again, coming back to that journey, I would definitely start out on YouTube with the stuff close to the buyers, you know, the person point where someone's buying, you know, what's your about us, you know, what's your story? Um, but always in this, in the story, in the context of that person, it's the second most used page on the website. People will watch that video the most. Then your customer stories can be optimized for the problem. Get those on YouTube. And then just frequently ask questions that your customers, your clients have put those out there over and over and start keeping track of those. Cause if you answer a question more than once, odds are there's another hundred people that have that question. And you're, I assume you're suggesting you make all that in video. You, oh, you yeah. don't just have a long list of text for FAQs. It's make a video for each one, perhaps, and you just have lots of content and it's adding value. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Add value, um, make more videos. You know, there's certain videos that, yes, you should have higher quality value, higher quality production around. But if you're just answering questions, especially if you're a service business, people are buying you. So you're giving this value to them, that portrayal of value. They're seeing your face. They're associating your face, your voice with that. And yes, some people are not going to like your face. Some people are going to hate your voice. That's fine because those are people you don't want to work with anyways. Because if that person calls you up and and you work with them and they hate your your voice and your face, but you're both working with each other, it's going to make you both miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Something I've encouraged people. entrepreneurial clients I've had over the years to really to not hold back and to be themselves so that, you know, the people you attract are as valuable as the people you repel because, yeah, yeah. you're not wasting your time and you don't, nobody wants a successful business of clients they can't stand, (laughs) right? (laughs) uh, You know, um, I can't even think of a specific example to what that would be, but if, yeah, if, if you, what we talked about earlier, if you are operating, if you are trying to connect with people behind a mask, you know, not a COVID mask, but a, a mask of your false bravado or your expertise or all the degrees or whatever it is to cover up who you really are, like you're about us and, and why you do what you do, then you're going to meet people that are fake and not comfortable and hiding behind their own masks. And just and it doesn't really work for anybody, I find. Exactly. Hey, oh, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. And that's the beauty of doing all this is you can work with the people you love. I mean, at the end of the day, all the money in the world, yes, you'll have other stuff, but you're spending time with people and you want to be around the right people because it brings you back to that emotion. The right people are going to fulfill you. The wrong people are going to make you miserable. Yeah. No matter what you're doing and how much money you're making, it's just not going to be worth it. Yeah. So, and this isn't just for, you know, um, a coach, a storyteller, an author, or someone that's obviously making an emotional connection, but even if you're, you know, a dry cleaner, like, you know, sharing why you do it or your story. Like, oh, I want to help those dry cleaners as opposed to those other ones that are just some anonymous storefront. 
Is, is that oh, is that part of it? Oh, a hundred percent. Hundred percent. We want to do business with people we like. We want to walk in someplace. Yeah, there are people that just want the lowest dollar, but you don't want those people. There are people that you know. If if you have a tire company, I mean, I work with mechanics. They want to work with you know. There's people that want to walk in and feel like they know you, like you, and trust you, no matter what you're doing for them, and they want to feel one. I mean, I remember one of my first jobs in a long time. I did a lot of bartending. And, you know, I was taught early on, people can get a drink anywhere. It's they're buying working from you. They're buying you, you talking to them. And that's the truth. You know, people can go to legal zoom, but they want to work with someone that they feel like they know, like, and trust. And they want to work with something that makes them feel like the outcome is going to happen from weight loss to tires, to, you know, the neighborhood store. We, you know, I just saw a thing on, um, the Today Show today where they gave this woman who pumped their gas $1,500 and everyone goes there to get gas pumped by this woman because they love her so much. I mean, that's the level of it. You know, is everyone going to do it? No. Are there going to be people that say you're stupid? Yes. Yeah. But you're going to attract the people you love no matter what you do with video. And so that that's why you say that everyone ideally is really emotionally connected to their customers that there are people you, you, you like it does you're not stalking them. It doesn't, but just like you generally like the people you work with. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, yes, there are people that don't and it's all about the dollars and cents, but that's very few and far between. Most of us want to like, and like the people that we work with and we want to feel fulfillment from them and vice versa. And they want to feel fulfillment from us. I feel like we've we've kind of been all around this, but and 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 I think it, it's obvious that it's a yes. But how important is is mindset in in being a business owner and being a service provider? Oh, it's everything. It's everything. I mean, it is one hundred percent everything. You know, I, I was just on a call with someone the other day, and they're like, "I can tell you're excited about what you do, and you're excited about working with us." I'm like, "I am." Right. And I think I was actually having earlier on, I was just kind of having one of those days where I'm like, I don't really feel like doing this, but I am able to go and remind myself why I'm doing this and get in front of someone and give it my best shot. And I think it's everything because if you don't have the right mindset and you don't know how to get out of those funks, we're all going to get out of those funks. If you don't have that tool set, it's going to be a tough tough road ahead of you. Uh, once again, you know, coming back to that whole Jenna Fisher thing, just cause I, you know, she, just by the way, she's the, she was Pam in the office, but she was talking about how she de- dealt with rejection by going and volunteering at animal shelter. Mm. It's that tool of mindset. It's the only way you're going to get past the rejection. The problems is, is learning how to control your mindset, learning how to uh, adapt to your feelings, not get rid of them, um, no one should think that they should push feelings out. I think that's a big uh, problem too. Yeah. Like ideally every feeling, every, even a negative feeling of, you know, you're feeling some loss or you're rejected, you lost a deal, whatever it is, feeling it lets it pass through much quicker than finding it, denying it. And, you know, I, I find that being willing to feel disappointment keeps me from really judging extra harshly and just pummeling myself. Just, Oh, yep. That sucked. Ugh. All right. Well, that, you know, ideally that pa- and it can pass that quick when you let it, let it. Yeah. But, 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 you know, instead of going, oh, well, that sucked because I suck because I'm wasting my time. I can't help people. Why am I even doing this? I don't know what I'm doing. This is stupid. I've wasted all this time. You know, you, you can go pile and pile and pile. Um, and it, 
you can feel worse by kind of resisting feeling, you know, a little bad to begin with. Yep. Yeah. We're going to all feel bad. That's life. That's part of life. I think, yeah, you have to acknowledge the bad feelings. You can't resist them. And, you know, the people that say I'm happy all the time, they're lying. No one's happy all the time unless you're on some massive drugs. <laughs> and even then, eventually, there's some, com- you know, you're coming down at some point. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you, it, you're perfectly right. It's acknowledging it and then letting it happen and letting it wash over you. Is, is there an aspect of, of your business right now that you really like the most? What, what stands out? Like, get you, even if you like every day, like, oh, good, it's this type of day. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, right now, I love coaching and teaching people. It's one of my favorite things, you know, seeing some, that aha moment. I love helping people out and, and le- helping them pass to the next level, especially when coaching people on how to get their videos out there and how to get their story out there. And when it starts to work for them, they're like, Oh my God, this really works. Um, it, that's my favorite thing. But also I love the tech side of it and love to learn the latest and, you know, and, and really improve those systems. So, um, you know, right now I, I just, and I love customer stories. I always love working with some, a business and learning their customer stories because it's always amazing to see how people are helping people. Uh, tell me a bit about your podcast, the, the garlic marketing show. Oh, I love, I've been doing it for almost four years now. Uh, 300 episodes. We've had, you know, I talked about Gary V. We've had Gary Vaynerchuk on, you know, Michael Port, a lot of people I talked about. Um, it's, you know, we focus on marketing tactics that are really working right now. Some mindset stuff, but really uh, what's working right now in marketing. So, um, and genuine experts teaching genuine things that are working. Cool. So since you mentioned what's working right now, is this idea of emotional connection, is this something that's only working right now or is this a, a truth of humanity? Oh, you're right. I mean, truth of humanity, 100%. Okay. You read any marketing book, you get Ogilvy. I mean, the, the giants of marketing and uh, they, they talk about that emotional, that emotional key that uh, you know, the, the, that resonance, because if you can, you need to spend that time learning your customer and learning how to evoke those motions, whatever they are. Once you do that, you will win over and over. Cool. Awesome. So I know you, you have a lot of different uh, separate businesses, it seems. So, so what's the best way to learn about you and what you're up to? Um, sure. I, you know, I, we have the agency side, Authentic Web. Uh, if you follow us on Story Cruise, you go to the Facebook page, Story Cruise, or you go to cruisetube.com. That's our YouTube channel. I'm always trying to get people on our YouTube channel. Uh, we've got tons of, you know, if you're a videographer, you can learn about how to become a better videographer, run your business. Um, if you are a business looking to build, learn, tell your customer stories, how to do an about us video, you can learn stuff there. And from there, you know, it opens the gates to everything else. Cool. We'll have links to all that stuff at realmenfield.org and we'll have links to some of the books mentioned. Because, uh, yeah, I love I love Pam from The Office. I, I did not realize she had written a book. So that's cool. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. Even though, like, I didn't want to become an actor before. I definitely don't want to become an actor now. But her mindset stuff and just it's it. I listened to the audiobook. It's really well read. So um, I definitely suggest it. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Ian, it was great to, to, to connect with you emotionally connect here and, uh, and, uh, you know, live by example and, and hear your, your passion and expertise without being stuck on expertise. 
Am I saying that properly? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great to be on here. Thank you so much for having me on, Andy. I really appreciate it. Love talking to you. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, check out realmenfield.org for, for links, like I mentioned. And if you are you know, struggling and feeling like you need a place to connect with other guys, if you, you feel you're, you're missing friends, check out a, a free gift to have at realmenfield.org slash gift. It's a list of places virtual and online to, to meet like-minded men and, and to help you build your authentic connection, let yourself be a little bit emotional, and maybe you're going to you know, build or create a business that way, right? Thanks for listening again, and until next time, be good to yourself. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Contact us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about author, coach, and healer Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. If you enjoyed this episode, it would help us greatly if you gave a review wherever you are listening right now. It takes less than a minute and helps other people discover Real Men Feel.